All right. Hello, hello. You are rocking with the best, the Holy Records Podcast. I'm here today with a special guest, Lent edition, because we're talking scripture, the scriptures that you need to know if you're going to have a bomb Lent in a bomb in a good way. And and so we're going to hang out with Julia Kelly of Seven Mile Chats. I'm really excited. She is a friend, a teacher, middle school teacher, uh, so a uh, social media contributor for what we do at the Holy Ruckus. And so she's fam and she's also a, a blogger and a podcaster, seven mile chat said before where she invites guests to talk all about scriptures that, that really hit different man and, and scriptures that we need today. So that's who we got. Father Pat isn't in with us tonight. So yeah, it's just me and Julia hanging out for Lent and yeah. Again, if you have any questions, comments, let us know in the comments. We can send them out to Julia. What are some scriptures that you think the church needs in Lent? What do you need in Lent? And hopefully you're already doing it. Hopefully you're fasting on this Friday when we're recording this. You're fasting, no meat. Are you doing okay? Here we go. Let's go. Let's start here with Julia. We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. Why were you made? I was made to be happy. The way to be happy is to know truth and to love goodness. In other words, I am made for God. Pero quiero lío en la diosa. Quiero que se salga afuera. You are now listening to the Holy Ruckus Podcast. What's going on? Hello, hello. Welcome, Julia. What's up? Hey, good to be here. That was super hype. I I love that intro. That got me real hyped for today. Thank you. Thank you. And also so glad to have you with us on this beautiful snow day for you, right? Yep, snow day. You know, a teacher loves a snow day. It's been kind of, we'll talk about it, but it's it's different now in 2021. We can do remote learning. So, um, but yeah, today. Been gone. Today's a true snow day, though, so I'm grateful. There you go. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, so glad to have you with us. And I'm excited to talk scripture, which is something I'm not that knowledgeable about. I wish I was better. Uh, and maybe that's the Catholic stereotype that, that, you know, Catholics, we suck at scripture. But it's in everywhere and everything that we do, especially in the uh, in the Mass. So thanks so much for being with us. And so, like I said earlier, Julia, you're a teacher, you're a podcaster, you're a blogger, uh, you're a social media contributor for, for the Holy Ruckus, your squad. And what else do you do? Like, what did I leave anything out? Um, I I can say that I'm also a music minister. So I've I've been playing piano my whole life. I play the guitar a little bit and I canter. So I I do that on the weekends uh, for a little extra money for fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. I feel you. I feel you. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And we're going to treat you no different from any other guests. We're going to put you through the ringer and we're going to put you through the underrated overrated segment if you hear something that you believe is overrated let us know right let us know we got the music here underrated overrated or you can use it like once properly rated right but okay here we go underrated overrated julia are you ready i'm so ready i i'm ready i got some hot takes let's go let's go um well let's start with something that was a softball question here snow snow days overrated. so <laughs> I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, so we get a ton of snow right on, you know, the lake effect snow, like real snow. Um, and so back in Ohio, we didn't really have that many snow days because we could plow, we got, we, we dealt with it. But you still, you still love a good snow day. And definitely as a teacher, 
I love a good snow day, like a true snow day, like I alluded to earlier, not this like virtual learning day. Like I just wanna like hang out with my, my you know, my friend and do a podcast on my day off. I'm here for snow, I'm here yeah, for snow days. Amen. Yeah, how about- I was gonna ask, do you think that the snow day has officially changed forever? Or what? I don't know about forever, but definitely right now. I know that we had yesterday, it was like we couldn't go into the, the building, but we still had to do remote learning. And so I don't know if it's changed forever. I hope not, because like I said, I love I love a good snow day. Yes, yes. So principals, <laughs> if you're watching, don't eliminate the snow day. Of course, it's going to be remote days of learning. Well, come on. We'll love you for it. I'm also a teacher, so I feel you. All right, uh, let's go. A couple more. Um, Ash Wednesday. The Lenten season starts on Ash Wednesday. It is... Uh, stats will tell us that is the most heavily attended service mass of the year. It even beat out Christmas. That's year. crazy. What do you say? Hot takes on Ash Wednesday, overrated, underrated? So I do, I do love Ash Wednesday. Like I do, I, but I, the fact that it's not a holy ob, ob, day of obligation, people still like roll in cause they want their, their ashes. Um, I don't know, maybe a little bit overrated for me. Like I do love it. I love the symbols and I missed it this year at my parish. We did sprinkling. We didn't do the full cross and I kind of missed that reminder, but I think it's definitely a little bit overrated in my book. How about you? What do you think? Oh man. Um, hot take city right here. We're, we're, we're pulling right in. Um, I love it. I mean, I love the reminder and the symbolism of it, but I'm not about to reorient my life for a symbol. Right. Right. I gotta be about like the sacrament and, and what it points to. Symbols are cool and reminders are awesome. Signals that are pointing to something deeper, something higher. That's great. But then when we're when we're taking our ashes and we're not staying for communion, I know COVID times, I get it. I get it, I get it. And we have dispensations all over the country, so there's that. But we definitely need something to be said about staying for the Eucharist, the source yeah. of the Christian life. What are we about? Uh, enough with the posturing, especially in this culture, you know, I get it. Put your picture up, but let's, let's sacrifice. Come with me on Sundays too. I yeah. On Wednesdays, but come with me on Sundays, suffer with me on Fridays. Yeah. All of it. All of it. All of the above. Uh, so yeah, a little bit uh, overrated there. Um, you're a music minister. I am. Uh, guitars at mass, overrated, underrated. Go. Okay, so I think they get a bad rap. I know that there's this new movement that we don't love guitars at mass, but I grew up with guitars at mass and I know there was a, a point where maybe it was a little bit overkill, but right now I think they're a little bit underrated. I kind of miss a guitar at mass and since I play it and I grew up with it, I don't know, I'm all right with the guitar at mass every now and then, not all the time, but I like, I like a little guitar in there. For sure, for sure, yeah, and I'm of the guitar too. I mean, I didn't grow up with it though. I mean, it was more, it was there, but it wasn't the main instrument. So I feel you there. I would say properly rated for me, um, but I do love a good slow picking, you know? <laughs> this thing of, uh, of when it comes to um, silence, right? You need that silence. So I'm down when it all just quiets down and just hear a little faint picking. I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Guitars at mass, go for it within reason. Uh, you know, we'll see. But other than that, <laughs> Julia, you did great. Underrated. Thank you. Julia, Thank you. Job. I think I, I hit one of each, I think. So properly rated, overrated, underrated. I think I, I liked that. That was fun. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. And now let's get into it. Um, but first, I, I still always want to get to know you a little bit more. And how's your Lent going? I mean, this is what? Uh, day four? It's only day three. <laughs> day three. Uh, <laughs> um, go ahead. No, it's good. Um, 
I feel like we've been living in Lent pretty much for 11 months. I don't know about you, but because we started quarantine at the, you know, in March last year, I still feel like we're, I'm like, here we are again, still Lent. Um, and we've been sacrificing a lot, but um, the snow days certainly have helped me. These We've had a snow day yesterday and today, and that allows me that time to enter in, I think, because part of my Lenten um, promise is I like to take that daily time in the morning and, and do some daily devotionals. So having the snow days, snow days has helped to give me that time to enter in. The first Friday in Lent, which is today, is always a little bit hard to remember like, oh yeah, no meat today. Like I can't make that bacon this morning. It's, you know, um, but it's good so far. I, I'm, I'm here for it. It feels very Lenty having been in quarantine for a long time, but um, so far so good. How about you? There you go. I mean, it's good. We, um, us and a few gentlemen, we've been doing uh, Exodus 90. So our Lent started like 48 days ago and, um, or something like that. Um, but it was, uh, it, I mean, it's good. I mean, you know, we're suffering. I'm glad everybody else is suffering with me. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, I'm not alone. No, you're not alone. Uh, the whole world of Catholicism is is suffering, um, but uh, and other Christians. So it's good. Um, it's tough. I mean, a lot to unite our sufferings too. You know, right. uh, folks that are suffering out there with Corona, so folks that are that are um, inconvenienced at the least, and then at the most, losing their livelihoods, losing their lives. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's not to bring this down, but I have friends in Texas, and I'm like, oh, like this is rough. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what they're what they're dealing with on top of everything else, right? Shortages of food and all that. So hopefully there's a quick resolution to this. If if the Lord is here and watching, then he he can help to take care of it. But yeah, it's it's going good, all things <laughs> considered. Um it, it makes us have to be creative in our meals, in our meal preps. Like how do we, you know, do it? So that's cool. Um, and then I don't know why. I think Lent and I think lentils, I think lentil soup. I don't know why. It's, <laughs> I don't even like it. But I mean, shout out to those that do. But uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's a what's a good Lenten meal for you. What, what do you start out like? What do you do? Like, what are you excited for? Maybe even uh, I. You know, I I I enjoy fish. I love fish. So actually, the whole Lenten meat thing. I was talking to some colleagues about it. We did like a little retreat on Ash Wednesday, and people are like, you know, what's the deal with the meat thing? Like, do we still have to do that? And I think it definitely was way more of a sacrifice and more hardcore back in the ancient times. And now there's so many options like vegan stuff and pasta and everything that's like, you know, it's not really that much of a sacrifice. Um, but it's still just a good reminder. I think it's like I said this morning, I woke up and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't have that. And I like the connection to the Old Testament too, where it's those those dietary restrictions set them apart. So the fact that I can't have this one thing, it, it sets me apart for God. And so I still like that reminder, even though if it may not be like a huge sacrifice, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It does. And yes, there are ways to kind of cheat it. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, when I was doing Exodus 90 or when I'm doing Exodus 90 on Wednesdays and Fridays, when we give up uh, meat and we, you know, we fast, I mean, I don't know if I'm cheating. Like I go to Burger King and I go and get the impossible Whopper. <laughs> me. It's real good. That's, that stuff is good. I'm like, I'm good. I don't, so I don't know if you have any other impossible meats or you know where to get some of that, please do drop a line. Cause I don't, I'm <laughs> trying to get creative. So Awesome. Well, Julia, you started your uh, your podcast. How long has it been since you started it? That's a good question. I started it in July. So it's been at least like six, seven months, um, which is crazy to me because we've been in quarantine that long. Um, I started it as like a kind of a project in quarantine, as we've talked about, we're both teachers. So usually in the summer, I'm traveling. I had a big trip, uh, trip to South America booked that had gotten canceled. I was pretty bummed about it. Um, so I had in the spring last year, done an episode of a friend's podcast, and I just really enjoyed the experience. And I was like, I wonder if I can do this and give myself a project, something to do 
in the summer. Um, the premise of his podcast was reading a short story from Flannery O'Connor and talking about it. So I was like, well, I can do that with scripture. I can have a guest bring in a scripture passage. And since I teach scripture, we can just talk about it. I think that um, historical context is so important as Catholics. And a lot of us don't, you mentioned, like maybe not have the knowledge, you know, we use tons of scripture, but we don't really have the the context for it. So that's part of the goal too, is to give um, our favorite scripture verses like context. There you go. Okay. So, so the idea is a guest brings the scripture, they, they, they clear it with you and mm -hmm. you, you nerd out about scripture. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for having me on. So I was yeah. so hard to find just one scripture. So it's just so hard, but it's so worth it. And because scriptures, I mean, we wear it on our bodies. We got it on our shirts. We got it on our jewelry. Like, it's so important. Maybe on a bumper sticker, people still do that. Like we got so much, there's a story behind these scriptures and it's so beautiful that you give uh, folks a platform to be able to share the scriptures that mean so much to them. I mean, you've probably heard some amazing stories, huh? Yeah, I have. And it's, I've talked to so many different people too. Um, again, in quarantine, it's, it's been hard to reach out to people. I live by myself, so I'm isolated. And when we're in quarantine, I'm really isolated. So it's another, it's been a good way to connect with friends that now have more time on their hands. And so I can give them a call and we can record, we can do it remotely. Um, I've connected with a lot of people from my past. I've also on Instagram doing the social media stuff, um, found that there's this whole Catholic network of podcasters out there that I didn't realize existed. And we all have, have kind of like our own brand and our own little niche. And so um, I've connected with a lot of, of you know new people that I haven't even really met in person, but in 2020, 2021, we're doing everything virtually. So I've connected over Zoom or Instagram, like I said. Um, so that's been really cool too, is just meeting new people and connecting with old friends and talking about something that I love and I'm passionate about. There you go. And was it something that you weren't seeing? Like I mean, when someone starts a podcast and, and you've crossed the threshold of like, there's everyone started a podcast during quarantine. It's true. <laughs> I'm not special. Because <laughs> I was going to say, what episodes are you in right now? How, how many have you done? Uh, 30 something. Yeah, you've crossed it. Once, yeah. A good way. Once you've done like, you know, I want to say 15 plus, like you're in, you're locked in. And so kudos to you for keeping on, keeping on with the podcast. Because it's hard, I'm sure. Like the editing and everything and the scripts and the uh, communications, you know, and, and it's a passion project for you. So, and, that, and that's what's up. And it is for us too. They, they're not no money coming in from the diocese. Or no. <laughs> no. Well, you already know what to do. Hit us up on the Patreon, <laughs> right? <laughs> but let's let's keep going here. Um, was there something you weren't seeing, maybe in in religious circles or in the Catholic world, media wise? Well, I I've always kind of like I felt like like ridden this line, if ridden is a word. Like I've rode this line of like you know being in the world, but but not of it completely. So like I have my faith and my background, and I just a goal of mine has always to been to make our faith more tangible for those who are not maybe necessarily Catholic or, and that's why I love the Holy Ruckus too. It's like making a ruckus and being countercultural. And um, so I wanted to make scripture tangible for people. Like anybody should be able to listen to my podcast and not necessarily have a, a knowledge of scripture or be Catholic and get something from it. That's like my goal is like, how can I make the scripture like accessible in, in, relate it to, to everybody's life. And so that's kind of the aim. And I feel like I, I, I don't know if that doesn't, I don't, not that I'm super unique, but I think a lot of these, these podcasts and it's very specific to Catholic circles. And so I really kind of wanted to branch 
out, if that makes sense. Love it. It does make sense. You called it seven mile chats. Mm -hmm. that, that is very niche. That's very, you have to kind of know. I've had a lot of people ask like, what does that mean? So I'm going to ask, but I'm a guess. And I don't know. Was it like did, on the road to Emmaus? Was it seven miles of walking? That is correct. No. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I stole it from you. Like, tell us. <laughs> That's okay. No, no, you got it. You got it. That means you, you know your stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I was trying to think of something again that would maybe be a little nod, um, but you'd still have to kind of talk about it. So the idea is from the road to Emmaus, in, um, it's in Luke's gospel, it says that they walk, these two people walked from uh, Jerusalem to Emmaus and they're having this conversation. Jesus had just died and they're talking about it. And as they're walking, Jesus appears to them. And so the goal of the podcast again is just to have a conversation. And so I, I have this idea of having me walking with this guest, you know, metaphorically. And as we're talking about scripture, then hopefully we get some kind of insight or some kind of like we draw closer to Christ in some way. That's like the the purpose and the goal. Awesome, awesome. And I don't know about you, like it's the small things for me. The fact that I got it on the first try. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm gonna wear this badge of honor. I'm gonna go to <laughs> So you know more than you thought. You know more than you thought. It's because, yeah, it's just a great, I, I love the name. I love the name. Thank you. <laughs> and then, um, awesome, awesome. Okay. so. Let's get into it. Um, what has been like? So we got we got Lent. Well, what's been the highlights of your like, your journey with folks? Like, is there a, a particular folks that you like? Because we're obviously listener viewer. We're gonna after this is done, we're gonna go subscribe. We're gonna go find. Some. Would love that. Would love that. And we're gonna be <laughs> a part of the um, the network that we got of all our guests. We're gonna put them on the new website. We're gonna put a whole thing together, and Julie's gonna be on there um, because you're fam. So we're gonna have you on there so that we can everybody can find you easily. But until then, folks, I want you right now to go and find Seven Mile Chats um, as well, and, we're, and we'll talk about where else. But I'm pretty sure you're available in all the yeah, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the things. Yeah. Um, in terms of like favorite guests or episodes that I think that you should definitely check out. Well, Josh is gonna be on in March, so that hasn't been released yet, but it's coming up in Lent for sure. So check that one out. And um, I've talked to, like I said, people that I, I've known and grown up with. One of my favorite uh, best friends from, from like youth group, I had a high school friend on, we talked about Ruth um, and that was a really good conversation. She had done a, a Bible study and it was just cool to talk to her because we had been youth group together and then we still are both not, you know, we're just journeying on our, our faith separately. Um, I've talked to like scripture scholars that I, I didn't have not met in person, but yeah, um, a Hebrew scripture scholar, he has his doctorate from Harvard he is a fellow at Wellesley College in religion right now, and he was super chill. So he does exactly what I've, I seek to do is make the scripture tangible. It was super easy to understand. Um, so t Eric Gerard, you should check out that episode. We talk about Leviticus and connect it to the gospels. It's great. Um, and then I did an episode recently, two episodes recently with my students, which was kind of a fun project where I had them pick their favorite verses and we talked about them just briefly, like little five minute snippets and put them together. And it's, I hear them share their faith every day, um, but I thought it was a good thing for like their parents to hear and also the, uh, my colleagues that maybe don't see that side of our students that I get to see. So tech, you can check out those episodes too. They're really cute. Yeah, they're cute. Uh, I wish I had more students in my classroom. Well, in high school, unfortunately, it's more like kind of apathetic. Like they don't want to share. Yeah, no, this is sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. So like they're at that prime age where they're they're changing, but they still are kids. And they're they want to please you and they're willing to share and and it was really like i and asked them the next day like when they walked in i was like did you listen to yourself 
And they were like, yeah, that sounded good. And like, yeah, that sounded great. And I was like, they had way more confidence than I had when I was in middle school. I would have been like, first of all, I don't want to do this. Second of all, I'm super embarrassed that I'm on, you know what I mean? Like they were super confident, which was great. No, I love that. And, and that's how you know, like, ah, uh, you know, the youth, <laughs> like, that was good. I was like, yeah, that was great. I'm like, go, go you. I just, <laughs> enormous. <laughs> it's a different generation. It's great. I love that they feel empowered. And I mean, it's encouraging. So good. All right, cool. And then, um, wow, so you got some big fish in here, but you also kept it personal. And, and then one more thing as we, as we move forward to, 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 the, to Lenten scriptures, because I think so many times we're, we participate, like we, we show up to mass and we hear scriptures and scrutinies and all this and do stations, but have we dived into the word? And so you're going to give us three scriptures to dive into straight away. And so I thank you there. And I'm also going to say that you started your mission of podcasting with scripture before Father Mike Schmidt. So there you go. Please. Yes. Thank you. Everyone is like super. I'm like, listen to mine. I mean, not that I'm like him, like he's, he's taken it. Like people are like, oh, I didn't know all these things. I'm like, I did, you know, so. <laughs> let, let, it, let, let it be known that Julia was way ahead. I'm always on trend and above the trends, you know, hipster is not really a thing anymore, but like, in, you know, I was always into thing before it was cool. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. So uh, we're going to go over three, three scriptures and guys that like, are really like mark it down, highlight it. We're going to have some of them on the, on the screen as well. But your, your first one that you're giving us. Uh, it's the classic. It's the quintessential. Like you can't really have Lent, I think, without the scripture. So that's why we're doing it. But I like when I talk to my students and I'm like, hey, why do we do Lent? Why is it 40 days? And they're like, oh, Jesus fasted in the desert for 40 days. So you have to talk about it. Right. So we're going to lose it. Right. You know it. And I think it's just worth every year just giving even though we hear it every every year just like giving it a real thorough you know deep dive so. so here we go all right so i love i do love this passage it is the quintessential one it is the one that everybody knows um but the number 40 and just numbers in general and scripture um are not literal and even with lent there's more than 40 days in our lent if you include all the sundays so um, 40 in scripture is meant to represent like a suffering or a trial or a, a struggle. So you see 40 days, 40 nights on the ark and when the world's getting destroyed and Noah, um, you get the 40 years wandering in the desert before they get to the promised land in Exodus. And so it's meant to show this time of suffering or trial. And that's certainly a good meditation for Lent. And we see that Jesus had this suffering, even though he was God. I love this passage because it shows his complete humanity, but also his complete divinity, because he's able to interact with the devil and overcome the devil. But he also has these very real temptations and this, these human temptations that we will encounter um, inevitably in Lent, no matter what we give up. So like there's three things that he's tempted with in the desert, right? He's tempted with the food, he's tempted with power, and he's also tempted to question his identity. And I just think those are really real things that we also are tempted with. Um, if we give up something during Lent that is something we consume, like food or media, you know, we're going to be tempted to watch, take that piece of chocolate. We're going to be tempted to watch that thing that we said we weren't going to watch. Um, but Jesus is able to overcome that temptation with scripture. He always quotes scripture like throughout this. And so I think it also shows us how scripture can help us on our Lenten journey. Um, he also is tempted with like, power and like to, you know, to show himself and reveal himself as the son of God. And he resists that. And I just, I don't know, me personally, um, I've struggled with my identity too. I said, I kind of ride that line of, you know, being super Catholic, but then also wanting to be in the world and, and normal and like, you know, and just uh, in creating a ruckus in the world. 
um, but not in a weird way. And so I think that I'm always questioning my identity. Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Am I Christian enough? Am I not Christian enough? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so those are the things he's tempted with. And I just think it's really, you know, there's so much you could, I've been talking forever. What would you like to say about this? There's so much you can say. Oh there's so much, but to follow up on the, the, the nearest thing, it's like, but that's the, like, yes, we feel that way, but that's not necessarily from God. Those are the temptations from the devil. Right. You're not enough. That you're not Catholic enough. Right. The temptation during Lent is to want to strategize this thing to a point where you leave no room for the Holy Spirit. Mm. You check the box. Mm -hmm. Like, did I fast? And if you screwed up, like, then it's all shot to hell. And, and it, <laughs> for me, it was like, if I messed up, the whole day was shot. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can't put it, if it wasn't perfect 10 for 10, then here we go. I'm watching TV. I'm watching, like, I'll, I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. There's this kind of theme of scrupulosity. Um, oh, that's a good word. <laughs> that comes into our um, our Lenten sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And that's straight not from the Lord. So I'll, I'll let you put it in. There is an evil one. If you mm -hmm. is saving us from our sins and he's also saving you from someone. And that is the evil one, the liar from the beginning. And who that is the one who pours that seed of doubt into us. And and so, yeah, like big, big facts when you're talking, because I'm just like, Yes, like, and, and the scripture goes like, he goes into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days, 40 nights. Like, why would he do that? Well, that's the thing too. Like, right, so this happens in Matthew's gospel right after he starts his ministry. So like, not all the gospel writers give us infancy narratives. Matthew does. He gives us like the story of Jesus' birth kind of from Joseph's perspective inside. And that's like chapters one and two. And then chapter three is like, bam, he's 30 years old. He's getting baptized by John the Baptist and he's starting his ministry. And then chapter four, which is what we just read from or, or talking about, he immediately removes himself. So like he enters and says, hello, I'm gonna start my ministry and then removes himself. So I think that's a good reminder for us too. Like we as Christians need to take that time and remove ourselves. And that's what Lent is meant to be, is to be this time of reflection. You know, it's not just always putting ourselves out there. Yes, that's very much part of our ministry, but like we need to take time for ourselves. And I think you mentioned earlier too, like, it needs to be nourishing for, for us. Scripture needs to be nourishing for us, you know, in order to do our ministry, you know, we need to get that nourishment um, to go out. So I love that he takes that time for himself too, even though he's God. Right. And, 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 he, and it's not just the stroll in the park it says yeah. folks, like he's led uh, to be tempted by the devil. And I always thought that was a weird inclusion to say that he goes to be tempted by the devil. And I'm like, does that mean I got to put myself in harm's way? Have you ever, Hmm. on that uh, mm -mm. why do you think that our lord has put himself in harm's way hmm yeah i guess i never looked at it that way um because looking at it wrong yeah yeah like i mean the, no i don't i don't think you're looking at it wrong i think that's what the beauty of scripture is we all interpret it in different ways you know i think obviously he's god so i think that he much like my students have that confidence of like i got this um but for us, I think it's a it's a good reminder that like the devil, yeah, the devil is harmful, but with God and this connection to scripture, like every time Jesus is tempted in this passage, he combats it with scripture. So I think it's kind of teaching us that it's, um, I don't know, we have the tools, like we have the tools if we stick to him, if we stick to scripture, like we have the tools to overcome this, this fearful, scary thing um, within us. But you're right, I think it is weird to like put ourselves in that 
a position. I never looked at it that way. Again, he's God, folks. Don't get it. To right. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not. No one's saying go into oncoming traffic. Like, no. Right. The Lord, he's got this, but there's got to be going into the desert with him. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. That's not a literal one. That's not, okay, I need to go away for a little bit and go to a foreign country. I mean, you could, but the idea is to go into <clears throat> your room and, 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 and pray and, 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 or go to your neighbors, like find, find means in COVID times to get creative with where you encounter the Lord. And so I love Lent, um, not because of the uh, sacrifice necessarily, but just the intentionality of trying to find the Lord in my life, which I should be doing every day. Right. I love how I don't get Easter right away. You know, I don't get Easter. There's this time of, you know, purification almost, or refining, sharpening. I'm I'm not one of I'm not one of these people that loves Lent. Like I love people like you who are like, oh, I love Lent. Let's get into it. I'm definitely more of an Easter season girl. I'm like, give me 50 days of rejoicing, give me 50 days of light and celebration. Like the 40 days in the desert does not appeal to me. It's hard because I think I think I do, you know, throughout the year, I am trying to constantly check myself. And that's a luxury I have as like a single person. I have the time to be reflective more often. Um, but I I like so we'll get more into yeah, but we'll get we'll get more into it. I think the, the the good thing about Lent is that we're all doing it together. Like it's a communal thing. I think we tend to think of it as very individual, and it's like, okay, I'm going to discipline myself. But Lent is supposed to be we're doing this together. I think that I can get behind. So, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then that that brings us here. Yeah, leads us into the next one. Yeah, it's right into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's so many prophets. Like you can't, I think, talk about Lent without looking at the Old Testament and how they used to. Yeah, like mortify themselves and repent. And, and we certainly see that during these time periods with the prophets. So there's so many prophets you could pick from. I originally was like, oh, let's do Joel because that's the one from Ash Wednesday. But then this one was the one for today. I, I woke up this morning and I, I did my devotional and um, this is the, the passage for today. So it's Isaiah 58, six through seven. And do you care if I read it since it is kind of short? Go for it. Okay. All right, so this rather is the fasting that I wish, releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them and not turning your back on your own. So that is from Isaiah 58. And just to give people context, because again, I'm a history scripture nerd buff. So Isaiah actually, the book, it's one of the biggest books and it's the, the biggest prophetic book. Um, Isaiah, the first half of it was probably attributed to actually the prophet Isaiah. And in the latter half, there were some authors, there's two, we call them second and third Isaiah. And it probably wasn't actually Isaiah, but like they wrote in the spirit of him because just the time period right now is um, during the Babylonian exile and original Isaiah wasn't around necessarily for that. Um, but this time period is like they, they're being captured by Babylon, taken into Babylon, removed from their homes. And so these prophets are trying to give them hope, but then also telling them they can't worship false gods. They can't give into these ways that, you know, the Babylonians are trying to get them to, to get behind. Um, and so I just, I don't know, I always, I'm teaching right now the Babylon exile. So I always think of the context of this too. So it's Isaiah is trying to encourage, but also say like, you need to check yourselves. And I love this passage because we just talked about all that personal discipline and this is very much just like God is not just seeking the fasting for our own personal atonement, but he's seeking fasting to help the whole community. And because right now in this time with the Babylon exile, they, they needed to look out for each other. Um, I think this gives, and this gives us something for today too, right? Like we need to be, our fasting needs to be for the community and the good of others. 
So I don't know if you wanted to jump in there. Yes. The good of, like, I thought it was just for me, Julia. I thought prices <laughs> were more just about me. But no, like, I realized, like, if my son, and this was in, in the confessional, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you everything that's confessional. Sure. <laughs> great wisdom from this priest. And he said, like, if your sacrifices are pulling you away from the people that you love to the point where you are being frustrated and you are losing it and they are paying for your, for your sacrifices, then maybe you need to rework what you're doing mm -hmm. Do it so that, because the, the ultimate reward of here is self mastery and communion with the Lord who will then shoot you back like a slingshot to the people that you love. Right? Like that's the idea. Like, so when I'm doing these sacrifices, yes, I'm, withdrawing for a minute into my desert the idea is the lord goes back into the public right he does this first and so with isaiah when when i when i see this i'm like stop it, it, it's it's for the it's also for the renewal of the rest of the people that are connected to you so rather than doing all these empty sacrifices what are you doing from that to propel you to be for the poor right that's why it's uh, for Lent, the three pillars, right? Or pillars. Or yeah, I call them pillars. Yeah, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Then you're 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 brought back to who Jesus was for. And we can say with the poor that it's not just those that are impoverished, you know, monetarily. Poverty's come in all shapes and sizes and back. Mm -hmm. So whether that's the the oppressed politically, the oppressed uh, in other parts of the country. Like right now, what's our focus to try to help our brothers and sisters out in Texas? What's our focus to try to help our brothers and sisters out here in the streets, in the, in the mean streets of Richmond, Virginia, or <laughs> of Weir County? Like there's so much, but the beauty is like, I really like love this because I'm like, the more I retreat into the Lord, maybe then I start seeing things like he does and, and I start opening my eyes to everyone else, you know? Yeah. The first stage of Lent, right. The first week or so, if you're really going hard, yeah, probably it'll be me focused, me focused, me. but then eventually get out of yourself and go get it. Like, I think that's the structure of the mass as well. Right? Yeah. The scriptures receive communion and get out of here. Yeah, and I, that's a really, I like how you tied it back to the mass. I think we forget sometimes and talking about our, our Ash Wednesday, you know, earlier, that communion that we receive, I think we, it is very personal. I mean, there's, it's no more intimate, like you, can, you can't get any more intimate than Jesus inside of you, but then we're meant to bring Christ physically out into the streets, like you said. And I think we forget about that. I think we get very into our internal prayer reflection, reflection. And I'm like, I'm mad that everyone else around me is being loud and not prayerful right now because I want to pray. And that's, that's not what it's about. We're there to pray together. So this for Lent, I think, is a good reminder because Jesus in the desert, he's very, it's very individual. Like he's in by himself in the desert, very isolated. But like you said, he goes back out. He does that to start his ministry so he can have what he needs to then go out. And um, this from Isaiah, you know, regardless of time period, um, I think that it's so specific, right? Like this is the kind of fasting I require, like setting the prisoner free. It's corporal works of mercy, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. Um, and so we can do that with our almsgiving. I think the pillars, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving really should work together. So if you're giving up watching Netflix, then what are you gonna do with that time? Can that time be used to 
learn more about the injustices that are happening in many systems, you know, like are learning more and educating yourself. Can that time be then spent? Um, I know right now in COVID, it's hard to volunteer. So that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think more like structurally, can you educate yourself more about things that need systems that need to be changed? Maybe doing social media advocacy or something like that. Um, or can you, if you give up Starbucks, like can you take that money and then donate it? So those, those are taking that time to pray for these people that are oppressed for the people in Texas, you know, right now. I think these pillars should be working together um, to help others. For sure, and I think sometimes they <coughs> chop them up, and and, it, mm -hmm. and so that's the that's the danger, and that's at least for me, right? That I'm trying to battle against in my own in my own pride and everything else. So definitely, and um, but it's so nice to be able to know that I'm not alone in mm -hmm. fights and that people are doing it together. Um, is there anything else about J uh, Isaiah as a prophet? Like, we don't dive into the Old Testament enough. We don't. I don't. You going to speak on that a little bit and why there's, like, merit there? Obviously, there is. It's the word, but. Yeah. I mean, Jesus was Jewish. I mean, this was his foundation. Jesus quotes Isaiah when he is in his ministry. The apostles would have grown up with this stuff or familiar with this. St. Paul was an avid Jew. You know, he was willing to kill Christians because he was. He, he believed this stuff so you know fervently. Um, so it has merit and value and, and everything. Jesus makes all of these old laws anew. Like he builds upon the laws. He doesn't completely change them. He takes them and then builds upon them. And um, it's just, it's worth looking at. And you do have to think about the time periods, but I just love that Isaiah, there's so much to it. There's the people, what it, when I teach it to my students, I'm like, what do you think Isaiah was saying for the people at the time, knowing the background? What do you think he's saying to us now? And then also there's this added part that he was prophesying about the Messiah. They, the Jews are waiting for the Messiah. And so we have that benefit of knowing that this is about Jesus. So like if you read another good Lenten one is Isaiah um, 55, I think, or in the fifth, uh, earlier in the 50s, the suffering servant, um, he pretty much lays out the crucifixion. And that's remarkable to me that Isaiah was able to predict all of that. Um, and us reading at Christians now, we're like, yeah, 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 we get it. He suffered, he was pierced for our sins, we get it. Right, but to hear that back then, you know, for sure, for sure. And you had mentioned, and I do want to like kind of tell this line because we do have the benefit as Catholics of a, a mag, it's called magisterial teaching, like the magisterium that helps us with our interpretation. And we don't, yes, there is an openness to scripture where we can personally receive something, right, from the Lord and our interpretation. But it's, it's also not willy nilly. Can you kind of speak on that? Because you do mention Paul. And, and Paul was reading the same scriptures, and so was Jesus. But Paul goes off the deep end and manipulates it for his own gain. As mm -hmm. Saul, he mm -hmm. uses it as a sword to go mm -hmm. and do his thing and justifies himself. Mm -hmm. Whereas everyone else, or at least uh, Jesus, reads the same scriptures. Obviously, he's God, so he cheated. But not, not Jesus, but he knows. Can you talk about that? Like, Yeah, no, I think there's plenty. I mean, you mentioned Paul weaponizing it. I think there's plenty of Christians in our world today that weaponize scripture. They take it literally. They don't, you know what I mean? And as, as Catholics, one of the benefits we have is I think we do take this historical context in a little bit more. And we know that the Jews used a lot of figurative language, a lot of symbols, like I mentioned the numbers earlier. But I still think sometimes if we take this too literally, or as you mentioned, like too internally and make it for our own purposes, then it misses it and it's losing it. So I think that's always a good, a good thing to keep in mind, we need to educate ourselves about it. And we need to think about how this is meant for us to live a Christian life 
again, within the communal whole, not just personally, not just for our own agenda, because I think we still do that today. Absolutely. So for Lent, folks, as you're diving into these scriptures, really, you know, do it, dive in and use some. There are some like commentaries on scripture that really help. So for me, what I use is um, I use the Great Adventure Bible. That really helps me. It gives like the footnotes are crazy. Mm -hmm. To give context to the scripture, right? We're not just literal, literal with things that could be dangerous, right? Yep. I'll lose an arm, I'll pluck my eye out, like in right. fashion, right? But then I get into the opposite where if everything is about looking at the, the rationalist mindset, then I'm going to dismiss all the miracles and say, well, Yeah, miracle was that everybody shared again, not not shaming, sharing, sharing's good, but Christ did make those miracles of the five loaves and the two fish and feeding. And so, and one thing I use is the, the better part, if you can see, hmm. this is awesome. It has all the gospels and it kind of breaks them down into small group questions, meditations. Oh, cool. Put up on a legionary. So it's, it's pretty badass. And so for us, like we have as Catholics contextualism, right? Look at the context of the scripture that you're reading and see what the church has said over centuries to kind of mm -hmm. make up this place. Yes, there is a personal invitation. But there's also like, no, what does the church actually believe? And how can I interpret this? How can I package this into uh, being in greater communion with my church? So for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That helps you? Like what, what helps you kind of get to interpreting scripture? Yeah, doing my research, um, I use the New American translation, which is the Catholic one we use at Mass. But reading the footnotes, like you said, reading um, the introductions to each book, really helped me. So when I'm doing my podcast, if someone picks Isaiah 50 or whatever, I go to the footnotes, I go to the introduction and say, okay, what was this section of Isaiah really about? Um, but then I also like how you said too, that I can, I can tend, tend to get a little bit too academic with it. And then I forget sometimes this is divinely inspired. So yes, human authors, but divinely inspired and Holy Spirit. And I need to then also read the word with how is it speaking to me today? And that's, again, we're getting a little bit dangerous because I'm going to be a little bit too personal, a little bit more about me. But I do think it's important to to keep that spiritual context too. So we, as Catholics, have the historical context, the spiritual context, and I think that's all important. When it comes to reading scripture, I tend to always take it, take it as it is the word of God and it's personal. But I so often forget, like, because as an academic, as a teacher, mm -hmm. part is what I have to bring and show is, yes, invite them to enter into prayer with the with the word of god absolutely but there is a historical context that needs to be talked about here as to what the pharisees the sanhedrin like what where were they coming off of and then and what was christ speaking to and how countercultural was he ending mm -hmm. the patriarchy and understanding the role of women and all these things they weren't deterrents to the gospel because if you read them rightly they won't be but there'll be something that you have to keep in mind as you read this and it just makes you fall in love with Jesus like all the time. Yeah. And I did, we're not the first ones to analyze. Like, I'm not the first one to analyze scripture. Like read Augustine, read the, the early church fathers, like Amber, like read those guys. Cause they definitely, they were early church first century. Like they're dissecting it as it came like a little bit closer to it. So like, I think reading the early church fathers too. It's like, we're, we're like big fat cats that get to like be lazy and be like, oh, they did this all the work for us. Yeah. Okay, but then use it. Right. Use it. Right. So let's go to this next one. And it's a little longer, so I, I did cut it up a little bit. So, but you can help us here. 
Um, yeah, I picked like two of the verses specifically from it because it is a very long passage. I'm, you know, if I haven't made it clear enough, I'm a super nerd about all this stuff. Um, so I help out with RCA. Another thing about me is I help out with RCA at my parish. And I find that very helpful because I work with kids all day. So it's nice to teach adults and work with adults. And I just, I'm also a cradle Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic. So I love meeting these people that later in their lives, especially when the Catholic church isn't always portrayed the best in the media, you know, that they still want to come to the Lord and come to the church in this time period. Do you know what I mean? So I work with RCA and this is one of the readings that's used for one of the scrutinies. And so a scrutiny for maybe the lay person, this is the teacher in me, you know, it's um, a mass where the people that are gonna become Catholic at Easter, they are present, they hear the gospel, the liturgy of the word, and then they go and they are, not, they're not scrutinized, but they scrutinize the word and they ask questions and they, they're removed from the liturgy of the Eucharist so that they can have that time to like talk about the word and ask their questions and everything. So not everybody hears this reading um, on the third Sunday of Lent, but if you're at a mass where the RCA members are present, you will, and it's one of my favorites. So it's the woman at the well, um, the Samaritan woman that Jesus encounters. Mm. And yeah, so it's Samaria and the Jews, uh, people of Judah were kind of at odds um, Jesus uses them a lot, though, the Good Samaritan we're familiar with. And so I love that Jesus uses the, the outcast or these people that would have been considered enemies as kind of like the heroes in his story. So he's on his way. He stops at this well. The woman is there. It's midday, which is really interesting because in that time, midday would have been the heat of the sun. Um, so for her to be getting water then is kind of strange. Um, maybe it speaks that when in the morning, when most of the women would get the water, maybe she was a woman that would be more shunned. Um, it mentions in the passage that she had several husbands, and so maybe she was shunned because of that. Anyways, they're at the well midday, and they have this really sassy interaction, and I'm kind of a sassy, straightforward kind of girl. So I love that she, you know, he's like, give me a drink. And she says, like, you're asking, you a Jew are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink. First of all, I'm a woman. First of all, I'm from Samaritan. You can tell him here midday, like, what gives? And he's like, if you knew, you know, what was before you, you'd not just be, like, saying give me a drink but like you'd, you'd be understanding that there is living water here and i love that image of living water especially for those who are going to become catholic and receive the sacraments and receive baptism like what does that mean for living water and we've been talking about all this desert imagery and so even for us who maybe we're baptized already what does that image of living water mean for us i went to israel um, two years ago before covid and um, we were in magdala and we actually got to see the excavation of this ancient city and underneath there are these like flowing wa like water like you can see it like there's just these sections in the streets where there was water underneath um so you get to it was cool to see like the physical living water that existed that he would have been referencing um but i just i love this passage i think it it helps us to think about those that we um that maybe aren't necessarily raised catholic or part of our circles um and and ultimately in the end you know spoiler like she goes away and and he said he recognizes her faith and and she, she's rewarded for having this straightforward conversation with him so i don't know there just think there's a lot here for us to think about especially those of us who are raised catholic um you know what does the living water mean for us how do we treat those who maybe are outsiders who are not maybe a part of our faith like how do we treat them and what can we do to help them during lent i don't know jump in here what do you think i talked a lot so <laughs> break it down a little bit we've, we've showed both but let's go if you knew the gift, this is Jesus speaking. If, right. You know, I'm reading. Yeah. If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty 
or have to keep coming here to draw water. And, uh, wow. Um, yeah, that, that imagery of the living water, right? Especially in desert times, that that should be our, our refreshment. And this is just personal. Like what I'm, what I'm vibing with is like Lent can, can feel dry and can feel it. But, but yet when the Lord goes into the desert and comes out, like there's a renewal, there's a renewal in spirit. There's a renewal in mission of what it's really about and a renewal to, to be satiated for souls, right? So to want to, to win souls for Jesus. And I think that's got to start with me because I can't give what I don't have. And so I want to thank you for, for this last verse, because for me, like, I want to well up with this living water. Here, here's my Lord inviting the Samaritan woman who feels ostracized, so ashamed of having five husbands, as Jesus calls out. And Jesus always calls us out and then calls us back in, calls us on to holiness. That's a difference. Pharisees, they called you out. No problem. Aaron, laundry. But then they remove you from the discussion, shoo you away, dismiss you. Christ calls you on, right, to something mm -hmm. higher, right? That's the idea. And so what I love about this is like, man, here I am sitting with this living water, the graces of my baptism, the graces of my confirmation, the graces of my marriage. And yet sometimes I feel so selfish and feel like, well, what else, Lord? Why haven't you talked to me? Why haven't you talked to me? So for me, as a, as a married person and as someone that's been blessed with everything, like, you know, not in a third world country, not in, you know, communist regime and all these things. Like, I don't count my blessings enough. Mm -hmm. The living water is like, I got to be renewed this land. Mm -hmm. To not see things as an obligation, Sunday obligation, you know, fasting obligation, moral obligation, and start seeing it as opportunities to be renewed and refreshed with mm -hmm. the living water that comes from the Lord. Like yeah, I like what I like what you said. I, I think this is so important as those receiving the sacraments, but also for those of us who have received the sacraments that we often take for granted. Um, so we do have all those graces that you mentioned, and yet I don't think that we reflect on them enough. So I think it's an opportunity for us to do that in seeing those who are going to be receiving the sacraments and seeing them and and seeing how they interact with this. Um, it's a good reflection and reminder for us. And a, another thing about this passage is it's about encounter. And so we've talked about Lent being kind of isolating. We've talked about bringing that out and doing good works and almsgiving. Um, and the prayer part, I think this is the prayer part. It's that encounter, like actually talking to God. And when she is very real and very open with herself and he knows her fully, she knows him, you know, she doesn't know him, but she seems to get to know him through this encounter. Um, I think, you know, that's another thing that we need to have during Lent is that encounter with others, that encounter with maybe people we, we put aside and then also our encounter with Christ. So I didn't realize I was doing this, but I think I picked a fasting, almsgiving, and prayer scripture without me realizing that I did it. <laughs> that's God. That's God. <laughs> that's the Lord working with you, Julia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? It's like, you know, he doesn't work despite of us. He works with us and complies with us. So thank you so much. And so parting shots here. I'm going to play something real quick and give you a chicken to think about it. What do we need to know more about scripture that hasn't already been said? What are some tips for you as we go forward? Think on that as Lent is just starting. How do we not burn out? What are you doing to not burn out? And folks, really, um, really consider again, Seven Mile Chats right here at the bottom. Uh, you can catch Julia on Seven Mile Chats. Spell it out at Seven Mile Chats on Instagram uh, as well as on um, 
uh, the, the streaming platforms for her podcast that are audio. But go ahead. We're going to come back here with best tips and tricks for scripture and Lent to not burn out. What do you got? Here we go. Youthday in Rio, uh, Pope Francis asked for the church to go out and to evangelize. Well, at the Holy Ruckus, we're trying to do that. All right, folks. Yes, definitely, definitely. If you uh, can perfectly consider supporting us, supporting our mission, there's Patreon uh, opportunities for us. So if you want to be on the team, you want to help us produce these podcasts, these videos that we're doing, we got so much going on for Lent. And so, yes, definitely, perfectly consider. Um, and then, of course, this is not a replacement for giving alms for your church. We, we, are, we all are the church, but at the same time, Support your parish, support wherever the Lord's leading you. But after that's done, if, if there's there's anything, of a cup of coffee a month helps us out in terms of cost uh, to keep this going. So thanks so much again. Um, what do you got? Best tips, practices to not burn out using scripture as the as the main aid here. What do you got? I think just being realistic. I think people always, you know, they have big goals and I'm going to dive in. I'm going to read every, you know, book in the Bible or whatever. Just little snippets. Start with the Gospels. Mark is very easy, very short, straightforward. So I think going to Mark's Gospel, we're in the year B right now anyways, which is Sundays we hear Mark. I think that's a good, just give you little snippets every day. I use a devotional that I've gotten for Lent that just has like one verse and just, I think, start small and be realistic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Mark is the shortest and also most action packed, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely like sit with Mark folks, sit with Mark and, and just be fed and try to, you know, encounter opportunities to grow with scripture at, at mass, right? If it's, if that's a daily mass, then rock that, rock a daily mass once or twice a week online. I mean, it's, it's all there. But of course, one of the main things to not burn out is I want to see you guys all check out Julia's podcast <laughs> chats. Julia, where can we find you? What else? I have it a little bit here, but is there something else? Where else can we find you? What's what's up? What's next for you? Yeah, on Instagram, I always post about um, weekly the weekly episodes. You can um, follow at Seven Mile Chats, like Josh said, spelled out. Um, I'm also on Twitter, and that's more for my education kind of account. But I post about my podcast there too. So at Miss Struckley. M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1 on Twitter. You can talk to me about scripture. And then um, 
it's on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast. If you search for Seven Mile Chats, um, please like, subscribe, follow, listen. That's a good Lenten thing. Maybe listening to an episode every day would be a good Lenten way to get to closer to scripture. Um, and just to plug some of the things that Josh and I are part of a Catholic podcast collective. I mentioned earlier that I've discovered there's so many Catholic podcasts out there. Certainly Father Mike's that he's been doing with scripture would be a good one. He's not a part of our collective. He's much bigger than us, but um, there's another girl, Jenna, who does, she's a shower roses. She does the um, scriptures for every Sunday, like the upcoming Sunday. So that's a good one. She kind of started this collective. So check out uh, Catholic Podcast Collective and see what else is out there. Amen, amen. And then real quick again, recapping of our three verses right there, folks. Please make sure Matthew chapter four, one through 11, Isaiah 58, six and seven. Read all of Isaiah while you're at it. And oh, so good. <laughs> four, uh, 42 here. Uh, it's and it's and it's a and it's a big one there. But thanks so much again, Julia, for being with us and rocking with the Holy Ruckus and your fam. So we're gonna see you around. And this is not the first time, anyway. You've been on the panels with us, and we're gonna check in maybe mid Lent and see how it's going. Love it. I would love that. Let's do it. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, you've been rocking with the best, though. Holy Ruckus podcast. Don't forget to check us out. Our podcast, subscribe our videos and the blogs on www.theholyreckless.com. We're going to get a new paint job, a new everything when it comes to the website. That's coming on Resurrection Sunday, God willing. But if nothing else, you've been rocking with the best. We're on IG. And also, shout out to TikTok. I never thought I'd say that. We're right? <laughs> we're like growing like wildfire. And that's not by my doing. I've only posted like six times. But um, we have an awesome uh, young person, uh, Dorothy, who's really like super creative she made like a christian tiktok based on marvel characters so for scripture she posted like she dressed up as different um yeah i've avenger or marvel things which i'm also watching quarantine i finally know this stuff now but yeah if you would ask me last year about tiktok i would have like i made fun of my students for being so into it and now with all this time on my hands i'm super into it so she's killing it <laughs> on tiktok do follow that but anyways you've been rocking with the best Thanks so much, Julia. Seven Mile Chats. That's where you can find her and the podcast. I'll put the Twitter stuff on the handle in the description. And definitely, man, support a podcast, man, and, and be edified. Bro, let's do it. But, of course, pray first. Do all that. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Folks, this has been your Lenten uh, pod, and uh, we're so excited. Julia, we'll be praying for you, and uh, we'll see you. Thanks, Josh.